Praise God. So we're talking about being uh, going up and over. We've talked about buckling up. We've talked about looking up. we talked about lifting up. We've talked about praying up. And this morning I want to talk to you for just a little while on speaking up. And one of the things that the Lord impressed me with this morning is that look for the past tenses in God's Word. For example, Christ hath redeemed us. Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption. And here's the thought that came to me this morning. Take the past tenses in the Word, believe them, receive them, confess them, and it will cause a present tense reality in your life. Amen? What He has done, we take, we believe, we confess, and it causes us in the here and now to experience what has been bought and paid for. Amen. And, uh, you know, we could look at a lot of scriptures on the past tenses of God's Word, but you'll notice the connection between the blood of Jesus and redemption. For example, and I'll just quote a few for you this morning. Ephesians 1, 7, it says, In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And then in Hebrews, the ninth chapter, and in the twelfth verse, it says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered into the holy place, having obtained an eternal redemption for us. What he has done not only affects us presently, but it also affects us in the future. It's an eternally eternal redemption. You and I have been eternally redeemed. That's good news, isn't it? And then, of course, in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9, he says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, out of every tongue, out of every people, and out of every nation. Glory to God. So faith in the blood must be applied. Faith in the redemption, faith in His blood, must be a spoken reality in our lives every day. Now, in Galatians 3.13, and many of you can quote this with me, it says that Christ hath, again that's past tense, He hath redeemed us, praise God, from the curse of the law. Amen. Now, something we can work for, it's not something we can work for, it's not something we can earn. It's just something that we must believe and we must receive. So, we have been redeemed. Now, you're well familiar with the scripture in Psalm 107, verse 2. It says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It does not say, Let the redeemed of the Lord think so. Now, you can think it, but it's very, very important to speak it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. We are not about to be delivered from darkness and from demonic spirits. We are already delivered. In Colossians 1.13, he says, Who has, there's another past tense, who hath delivered us, from the power of darkness 
and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So if we have been delivered from the power of darkness, anything that is dark in our lives should not be there. If we've been delivered from the power of darkness, that means we've been delivered from yielding to sin. That means we've been delivered from poverty. That means we've been delivered from sickness and disease. But I want to work with this just for a moment this morning. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let them do what? Let them say so. For it to be so in our lives, what God has said is so, we must say it is so. In other words, we must say it is true unto me according to the word of God. Now, it's not true according to how I feel. It's not true according to what religious tradition says. But it is true unto us according to the word of God. Say it with me. It's so. I'm saying so. I am redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Now, years ago, when Brother Hagin was just starting out in ministry, he would travel a lot, and he'd leave Pat and Ken at home. They were little children. And, of course, Aretha. And Pat, the youngest daughter, or is she the oldest daughter? Yeah, she's younger, only daughter. And uh, she had a growth in her eye. It wasn't like a sty, but it was like a growth around her eye. And she knew that next Monday the uh, nurse was going to come by at school and check the children out and see how they were doing. And they really hadn't sent her to the doctor or anything. So she said to Aretha, what should I tell the nurse on Monday when they come to look at my eye? And, of course, she said to Brother Hagen, Aretha did, uh, you know, what are we going to tell the nurse? He had laid hands on Pat before he had left town. But what he did is he got the letter from Aretha on Tuesday. And he was in his hotel room. And in the middle of the night, he took the scriptures. And he just meditated on all the healing scriptures that he knew. He said he could have quoted 90% of them. He said, but I took the time to open my Bible and to read the scriptures with my daughter Pat on my mind and her healing. So he said he would read the scriptures for an hour. And then he would go to sleep for an hour. And then he would wake up and he'd meditate for another hour. And then he'd read the scriptures for an hour. And he'd sleep for an hour. And he did that until morning. And that was all Tuesday night. And he was holding meetings in Texas City, Texas. And uh, he went through uh, his routine of ministering the word. And he got back to the hotel that night. He said he listened to the news on radio from 10 to 10.15. Then all night long. He read scriptures with Pat on his mind, with healing on his mind. And then he'd sleep for an hour. And then he'd meditate on the Word. Folks, don't be too quick to pray. Make sure that you're prepared before you pray. Make sure you're prepared before you say. And then that was Wednesday night. And so he sent a letter off to Aretha. And he said, you know, Pat asked, what should I tell the nurse? When uh, she comes to look at me Monday, he said, you tell Pat that Daddy said she's healed. And I know in my heart that she's healed, just as I know in my head that 2 plus 2 is 4 and 3 times 3 is 9. 
And so Pat came in from school, and Aretha came and said, Pat, here's what Daddy said. He said, you just tell Pat that Daddy says she's healed. And I know in my heart that she's healed, just as well as I know 2 plus 2 is 4, and 3 times 3 is 9. Pat stood there a minute as if she was thinking about it, and then she said, well, if Daddy says it's so, it's so. And I can remember back in 1976, the first time I ever saw Brother Kenneth E. Hagan, Jim Caseman took a bunch of us down to Sheridan Road Assembly in Tulsa, Oklahoma from Wilmer, Minnesota, and we attended the prayer seminar. And Brother Hagan told that story. He was teaching on the will of God in prayer. And Buddy Harrison got up, and he started singing a song by the Spirit, and he says, It's so. It's so. And my daddy says, And it's so. And the song just went on and on. I meant to tell you, the place just came absolutely unglued. Glory to God. Well, I want to tell you today that our Father, your Abba Father, your Daddy says it's so. He says it's so that you're healed. He says it's so that you're redeemed. He says it's show that glory to God that you have been delivered. Say with me, if Daddy says it's so, it's so. You see, we have letters. I said, we have letters from our Abba Father, from our Daddy Daddy. If he said you're healed, if he said you're redeemed, if he said you're blessed, it is so. And what we need to simply do is just agree with him. Believe it, take it, and receive it. And says what he says is so in our lives. And that's how we will go up and over. That's how we will overcome evil that's in this world that's trying to penetrate us that's how we will overcome evil we will overcome it with the word of god by speaking up in revelation 12 and verse 11 it says this and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by what so the blood of the lamb has redeemed us that's how we overcome but then we need to add our testimony to it in other words, we need to speak, glory to God, and testify and acknowledge and declare and decree, glory to God. That is how we overcome. Anybody interested in overcoming? Glory to God. And so I just want to encourage you this morning. Don't take anything from the evil one that you've been redeemed from. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so it's vital for you and I to speak up because death and life, blessing and cursing, safety and destruction, abundance and lack are in the power of the tongue. I believe this, that words, faith-filled words, are the most powerful thing in the universe. Faith-filled words will put you over when it doesn't like seem like there's any way that you could go over. But fear-filled words will cause you to be defeated. And this is why in Deuteronomy, he told us in chapter 30, in verse 19, he says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death. I have set before you blessing and cursing and therefore he says here's what you need to do 
You need to choose life. You need to side in with what God says is so. And even if you don't feel like it's so, even though you may not, you know, understand that it's so, say it is so. It is so. It is true unto me, according to the Word of God. I heard this quote many, many years ago. And it says this, We don't have a choice whether or not we live by words. But we do, however, have a choice of whose words we're going to live by. Shall I quote that again? We do not have a choice whether or not we live by words. But we do, however, have a choice of whose words we're going to live by. I'm not going to live by the words of MSNBC. I'm not going to live by the words of CNN or necessarily Fox. I'm going to live by the word of the living God. Amen. And then we won't be so easily swayed into deception and so easily swayed into frustration and getting all upset every day of our lives about what we are hearing. Folks, just like faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, so does fear. Faith and fear are opposite forces. So we need to make the choice every day we give up. We're going to live by the Word of God. Here's death. Here's life. I'm siding in with life. Here's, here's cursing. Here's blessing. I'm siding in with the blessing. Let the redeemed of the Lord speak up. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I wonder, are there any redeemed in this parking lot today? Are there any people that have been set free in this parking lot today? Well, lift up both of your hands and glory to God. Give God some praise that you have been. <laughs> Hallelujah. Redeem. Whoo, it's so, it's so. My Father says, and it's so, it's so, it's so. My Daddy says, and it's so, it's so, it's so. My Father says, and it's so. Hallelujah. I couldn't sing it as good as Buddy did, but that's the way he was singing it. Glory to God, it's so. I double-dog dare you to get up in the morning, go in your living room, and just walk up and down, lift up both hands and say, It's so, it's so. My Father says, and it's so. Hallelujah. Did he say that he would provide for you? then we have no business talking about the lack. Is not the Lord our shepherd? Did he not say, I am your shepherd, and because I am, you shall not want? Therefore, I have no business talking about lack. I have no business talking about all that I need, 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 need. My name is Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. Because God said, I will supply half your need. You're a sharp bunch. No, he said he would supply all your need. And that's not just financial need. That's need in every area of your life. He will do so according to the Word of God. Listen to this statement. God watches over His Word to perform it. And we speak His Word because it gives him something to perform in our lives. In 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9, it says this, 
For the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole, whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. In Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 12, he said, You have seen well, for I am alert, I am active, and I am watching over my word to perform it in your life. Just see this in your heart today. He's watching over all the activity on the earth, and he's looking for people just like you, and he's looking for places just like here where he can show up and put on a grand performance. Abraham realized that. When God said to Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations, he looked at his own body, he looked at Sarah's body, and in the natural realm there was no way. But instead of considering the outward circumstances, the Bible says he considered not his own body, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he grew stronger and stronger in faith as he gave glory to God. And here's what it says about the result that Abraham experienced. He was fully persuaded. Everyone say, I'm fully persuaded. Abram became fully persuaded that what God had promised, that what God said is so, he was able to perform. And God put on a grand performance in Abraham and Sarah's life when Isaac was born. And you know what the name Isaac means, don't you? The name Isaac means laughter. Don't you know they were rejoicing? Don't you know they were giving God some praise when the grand performance of Isaac was born? Now listen very carefully. God wants to perform His Word in your life. But in order for Him to do so, His Word must be in our heart. It must be in our mouths. He needs someone to speak up. I'm going to say it again. He needs someone to speak up. He needs fathers to speak up in their homes. He needs families to speak up and declare what His Word says concerning their lives. The manifestation of God's Word is voice-activated. Everything that Jesus did is activated by us getting the Word in our mouth and in our heart. How many of you have ever heard of the great evangelist Reinhard Bonnke? I mean, what a powerful man of God. And Reinhardt said this, that the Lord spoke to him. And if it's true, and if it's so, according to Reinhardt, it's so according to you. Listen to this. He said, the Lord told him, my word in your mouth is just as powerful as my word in my mouth. Well, you don't have to be so quiet about it. That's good news. I'm going to say it again. My word in your mouth is just as powerful as my word in my mouth. Now, how many of you have a, a cell phone with you today? 
know, some of you have got apples and some of you got other types of cell phones. But on these cell phones, it's amazing what you can find out. A friend and I may be driving down the road and, and we're, you know, looking for a certain restaurant or something like that. And, uh, you know, instead of going to Maps, you just go to Siri. You just press that little button. It's voice activated. Siri, let us know where Texas Roadhouse is in Oakland or whatever the case may be. And it's not very long that Siri watches over your word to perform it. <laughs> and, and in just a few seconds, the directions, the phone number, even some of the reviews may come up on Siri. That's because our cell phones are voice activated. And the Lord is watching over your word to perform it. Listen very carefully. He is the apostle and the high priest of your confession. Now the word apostle in the Greek is apostolos, and that means he is a sent one. Think about that. He is sent before the throne of God to take what you have spoken here on earth and to cause what you have spoken to here on earth to be performed, hallelujah, by the resources of heaven. Woo, glory to God. So why not speak up? See, if the devil can keep us quiet, if he can just shut our mouths up, we'll lose by default. Friends, there's something about opening your mouth. There's something about declaring the decree. There's just something that God absolutely loves when you take his word, remind him of his word, and it causes him to perform his word on your behalf. So why not then daily activate his word with your voice and then watch him as he puts on a well-timed, customized, God-ordained grand performance in your life? Woo, hallelujah. He's able to perform it, Paul. He's able to perform it. He's able to do it. He's able to do it. God is able. I said God is able. He's able because He's God and He's willing because He is love. Oh, hallelujah. He's able to do it. Is He able to pay your mortgage off? Is He able to pay this mortgage off? Now unto Him that is able to do the exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power of God that's working in us. Let's speak up. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and in verse 13, it says that we having the same spirit of faith. Say it with me, I have the same spirit of faith that David had. Did not David function and operate in covenant faith? Oh, I'm telling you, when he came against Goliath, Goliath did not have a chance. Because Goliath, you see, came against David and the covenant with a sword and a spear. But David said, you come to me that way, but I'm coming to you another way. I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And the Lord of hosts 
is the name that is above every name. I'm telling you, God gets the Lord of hosts. God gets the angels involved when you speak His Word. We have the same spirit of faith that Abraham had. Now notice this. How does the spirit of faith express itself? According as it is written, I believed. Everyone say, I believed. And therefore I have spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak. The spirit of faith works by believing and speaking. Mark Hankins said this. If you've never read Mark Hankins' book on the spirit of faith, get it. It will encourage your faith greatly. But he said this, and I like it. He said, the spirit of faith requires your speaker to be hooked up with your believer. In other words, for faith to work, it's got to be found where? In two places. It is with the heart that man believeth. And it is with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation. Now, way back in 1975 is when I got saved. I got born again in a high school auditorium in Wilmer, Minnesota. They let me out of the state hospital you know, to go to a, a, a gospel meeting, a meeting that I had never experienced before in my life. I grew up Catholic, and thank God for the Catholics. I was in a treatment center, addicted to heroin, addicted to all sorts of drugs. But they let me out, and for the first time in my life, I really heard the gospel. How many of you know the gospel is good news? It's good news to someone that is down and out. And I was down, and I was on my way out. But when the altar call was given that night, I was the first one to go to the altar. It's almost as if some unseen power, unseen force, lifted me up out of my chair and I moved to the front because I had heard the good news for the first time. And here's how I got saved. I got saved by believing in my heart that Jesus Christ died for my sins. And I got saved by confessing with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And what I believed and what I spoke brought me unto salvation from my sins. Now that same principle is true for every area of our lives. With the heart you believe unto your healing. And with the mouth you make your confession that I am healed. With the heart you believe that your needs are met. And with your mouth, you confess, thank God, my needs are met in Jesus' name. It's with your heart that you believe. It's with your mouth that you confess. You need to speak up and say so. How many of you are glad that you're saved? How many of you are glad that you're healed? How many of you are glad that you're prosperous? Hallelujah. And the same God who did those miracles for you in the beginning is the same God that will cause a continuous flow of miracles to happen in your life. And all He requires on our behalf is to align ourselves with His Word, believe it and speak it, and say, it is so. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I have the spirit of faith. Glory to God. Someone said it this way. The Word of God that is spoken to you must be spoken through you. 
Now, you and I that have the spirit of faith does not guarantee that we'll not have any more storms in life. The storms of life, the crisis of life, come to every one of us. However, those with the spirit of faith enables us to face these storms and to overcome. When COVID-19 hit in the month of March, it did not stop us. When COVID-19 hit, it did not stop this mighty moving force called the body of Christ. Why? Because we knew that was set before us was death and life. We're living on the life side. We're living on the blessed side. Now that doesn't mean that there's not a storm out there. And that doesn't mean that there's not other storms on the way. But what it means, those with the spirit of faith have the spirit of victory. And whatever is born of God will overcome whatever comes our way because we have the spirit of faith. Amen. Glory to God. And then lastly, I want you to turn to Job 22, verse 28. I'm looking forward to getting inside where you can see the scriptures. We have a little bit more latitude to see the music. But I tell you, this has been an okay season. God is able to do some good things. Amen? But notice with me in Job 22 and verse 28. It says, You shall decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Everyone stand up. We're going to do some things before we close this morning. Hallelujah. We come today and we make a quality decision to speak up and to speak life. We come before you this morning, Lord, with humble hearts, thanking you and praising you for what you said is so. And we decree things today, right here, right now, on this parking lot. And we thank you, Lord, that you're watching over the words, the faith-filled words that we are about to speak corporately to perform them in our lives. Say this with me real strong. I decree the favor of God surrounds me like a shield. I have favor with God and with man. I decree and I declare that I am carefree for I cast all my cares over on you I declare that I am filled with peace I'm not worried about anything I decree this morning that I am accepted in Christ that God loves me and he has made me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I decree today that I can and I will do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I decree this morning that I'm full of joy and that the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm happy and I'm full of joy and I'm filled with laughter. I decree this day 
that I am blessed, but I am not only blessed, I am blessed to be a blessing. I am generous and consider it a great joy to bless others. I decree, I am a witness for the Lord. I love God and I serve others. Oh, hallelujah. My life shines bright for Jesus. Put your hand over your heart and say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My confidence is in the Lord. I love you because you first loved me. I decree. You might want to put your hand on your head. <laughs> I decree. I have the mind of Christ. We need to say that again. I have the mind of Christ. My memory shall not fail me. I am just, and the memory of the just is blessed. I don't have an unsound mind. I have a sound mind. He has made me of a quick understanding. I am quick. I am bright. I am sharp. I'm good looking. I'm rich. And I'm a major blessing. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. You're still hanging in there now, right? Say with me, I decree. God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. I decree that greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. Since God is for me, no one can successfully be against me. Thank you, Father, that you are watching over the words that we have spoken individually and corporately, and you're causing them to come to pass. Place your hand over your heart and say, Let it be unto me according to the Word of God.